It's the JT and Looney Podcast, episode 104. And we are powered by Bet Online. They remain the number one spot for all the basketball and football action in the world. Really, it's an amazing new interface, as we say, in the web page world. Sign up today, and just for being friends with JT and Looney, you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. But you got to use our promo code. We are powered not only by bet online we're powered by the believe podcast network so you have to put in this promo code believe b-l-e-a-v 50 b-l-e-a-v 50 and you'll get your 50 percent sign up bonus from basketball football baseball postseason boxing ufc all your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. And we are recording. I now push the record button right away so we won't miss 20 minutes of stories from San Diego with you and your friends partying during COVID like we did once. Uh, someday we're going to split a million bucks with this podcast because it's so much better than these other ones. Yes. It's so much crap podcast. Again, unbelievable. should you and I both become uh, murder mystery detectives and then we can get our podcast career going? Well, maybe you know, we should, maybe we should just go into like ravines and shallow areas and look for people and clues and footprints and then put it on a podcast instead of talking about sports and on friendship together. And, you know, I can narrate just as good as Keith Morrison, as you know. <laughs> See, I was just doing my Keith Morrison impression for a friend today. A uh, longtime friend since seventh grade, Jeff Cunningham. Murray, we called him Murray because he looked like Murray from The Odd Couple because he had a big schnoz. And I was, I was doing my Keith Morrison impression because we were joking about how you know, on all those murder mysteries, JT, they make this illogical assumption with Keith Morrison that if you have an affair on your wife, then you'll kill your wife. They make this illogical leap, and then they convince all the women on the jury that, of course, any man who would cheat on his wife is also a murderer. And I was doing my Keith Morrison impression. So, yes, if we did murder mysteries, we would get a million clicks. Well, there are a lot of people that end up uh, committing murders within their family and they try to get rid of a loved one unbelievable people just part as friends or part as enemies and then never see each other again and split the remaining assets does someone always have to go through trauma or drama and have to die along the way that's how dateline nbc stays in business yeah because people refuse to pray with their enemies (laughs) and uh we and we we're both over the years uh before uh you were happily married you were a good breaker upper i was a good breaker upper i have remained friends with exes uh and uh, that that was always me i think also i went to a small catholic school that was already in a small city so when you already know everybody you can't we have this kiss and tell rule i can't talk about touching you know carrie's boob because that's Bobby's stepsister, and we're all in the same high school class together. Or, you know, my friend Bobby is one of my best friends. And so we had, we always had even that classy rule in our high school that no kissing and telling because our class was too small and it could ruin people's reputations. Isn't that nice? That is really part of Elmira. That's your Elmira youth. You were brought up with those, you were brought up with those morals, those convictions, and that had a big 
impact on your life. Those early years in Elmira, your mom, you lost your dad at a very young age, your brother, and then the friends you made as you were a Pop Warner legend. You know, everybody, you can name everyone <laughs> yes. you went to kindergarten with. Yes. And everyone you played Pop Warner with. That's oh, yeah. I still have the Elmira Heights Masons pictures. Yes. And I'm still really good friends with Aldo and Scott. And, of course, my cousin Billy. That's why I played on that team. Uh, and uh, it, it's funny that you say that. There is something about and, and I came to Los Angeles with that attitude. You know, a lot of people, it's a, it's a tough city and everyone walks around so tough. I thought, I'm not changing a thing. I'm saying hi to everybody and learning everyone's name, even in L.A. And it's worked for me. And I'm the opposite. I don't walk past <laughs> my house to the mailbox. And my neighbors mock me for that. They say, when was the last time you went to the mailbox? <laughs> and I said, it's, seriously, it's been years. Or, you know, really, because I don't leave my home. And I don't like to walk around. And you know, I walk my dog and all that. But I'm not the guy who walks on the lawn and talks to the neighbor and gossips about the neighborhood and you know who's getting divorced and who moved oh. in that house and my wife she's not a gossip but my wife can tell you every home that's sold on the street for the exact price wow. who lived there before who lived there after because she grew up that way in central illinois where neighbors know each other in long island new york we cared about our neighbors but we didn't get in their way and they didn't bother us and we didn't bother them and i you know, I have friends and neighbors, of course, like anybody else, but I just like to keep to myself when I'm in my home. I will tell you this. I don't need to gossip about my neighbors because my neighbor, Vince, will give it all to me. <laughs> He's got everybody's business all up and down the street. And my neighbor, Maria, across the street, every neighborhood has a Maria in Los Angeles. She will give me all the gossip from everybody who ever lived in every house and what's going on now and what went on 10 years ago. It's unbelievable. The only trait I have from my neighborhood with my dad is I don't like people speeding. I remember as a kid, one of my memories is someone speeding down our short block, speeding, and my dad coming running out of the house and yelling. Because, you know, kids can die. A little right. kid on a big wheel comes out and someone's going 60 miles an hour on a street. And I remember that. And that, that's followed me to this day when, you know, I live in a gated community, but not a guard gate, not a right. guard, gate, which is a big difference. It's a big scam everywhere. You have a guard that guards your gate. Right. He doesn't have a gun or anything. And you can't fight. And sometimes it's a young little girl. <laughs> 17 and she's the guard there. I have a gate that opens and closes. And sometimes people speed in or out. And when people speed, what I've done, and I've done recently, and mo most of my neighbors don't know this, we'll find out who's listening to the JT and <laughs> is I'll get up uh, at two in the morning and I'll make a sign and I'll go to the stop sign on the corner by my house and I'll say stop means you and I'll write it in big thick marker and I'll put it on the stop sign and it's usually oh, wow. taken down halfway through the next day. And I guess people know it's me because I have a stop sign right at the corner that people do a California roll. Right. Which they don't stop. What they do is they get and they slow down and they go through that stop sign. And I'm backing out of my driveway. I have a big backyard. I'm excuse me, a big driveway in front of my house. So it's a six car a, a driveway. And when I pull out, I have to look about 20 yards to my right because there's a stop sign there. And if that someone people ignore through it, yeah, they're just going to kill me. I so have a while. I'll have to speak up. About I have that. the solution for you to that well, back back in your driveway yeah. i do not i will never i do wow. not back in i park in the garage which is big for me i park in the garage which is what i like to well, do here is the number the one actually the number one way to get into a fender bender in the united states of america isn't really even anyone plowing through a stop sign it's backing up 
Yeah. Backing up at the grocery store, backing up at the busy grocery store. So I always back into my spot. So when you put the car in drive rather than reverse, you can see what's in front of you with no blind spots. And I really would highly recommend that you back. You be that. Yeah, I'm not that guy. That douche that's, that's doing the K turn in the street, <laughs> backing into your. You believe? Uh, <laughs> you believe in the wives' tale that people break into cars and in neighborhoods at night? Because that's another thing that's never happened to me, but it seems to happen to everyone else that people come into neighborhoods and they click and they try to get into cars and then they they steal the garage door opener and then they break into the house eventually or they steal the stereo or the bag. Everyone left the bag in the back of their car. I cannot believe 55 years old. That's never happened to me in my entire life. No one, knock wood, has ever broken into one of my vehicles. Or my homes or my apartments. And I haven't always lived in the nicest neighborhoods. And I've never been the one, the guy who always locks the door. And I got barking dogs and stuff. But uh, there is uh, a myth about that and a myth about crime and our safety. You're right, because if it bleeds, it leads with the news coverage. And, you know, they'll say, they'll say 28 thousand employees of kaiser have been laid off because they refused to get the vaccine well they didn't mention that 2.8 million people work for kaiser <laughs> so that's one tenth to one percent of the workforce so uh and same thing with uh, we are most in america most people can go to bed tonight and leave their car unlocked and their home unlocked, and guess what? Nothing will be stolen. In the yeah, I think that's that's a game you don't want to play. I think no, it's not a game you want to play. But what I'm just saying is uh, that that you are right about that. The wives' tale about how worried everybody is because what sells, as you mentioned, the crime shows, the crime statistics. The uh, people think things are so much more dangerous now than they were back in the day, and. You know, the statistics don't always support that. Remember, when you and I were on the air and I would get all excited about how crime was going down in America, people thought I had some kind of agenda, some Hollywood liberal agenda, when I was excited about how the murder rate was lower than it's ever been in the history of statistics, not only in my city, but in my country. And people would think that that would get mad because it didn't fit with what they perceived. And they thought maybe I had some kind of agenda when I was reading statistics from the FBI. One of the things about crime that fascinates me now, I mean, fascinates me. I read up on it all day is Walgreens in San Francisco. This is we need to do a podcast. I'll actually leave my radio career and go to San Francisco because I know where all those Walgreens used to be. And there's a lot of truth to that is the petty crime that's becoming bigger and people now just walking into Walgreens and CVS's in San Francisco and taking whatever they want and then just walking out of the store owner. He's not like the, you know, the store owner in Koreatown during the Rodney King riots right. who had a loaded shotgun and pistols and said, you're rioting and you're coming into my store. I will shoot you in right. front of the store. These are just people in San Francisco on Van Ness or Polk or whatever it is. People walk right in. They take candy. They take drugs. They take hairspray, whatever. And then they just walk out. And now people used to run out and they'd run and they didn't want to be seen and they wear a mask. No, it's just incredible. And now all the Walgreens in San Francisco are closing. Oh, it's, and it's not just San Francisco. It's not fair that you pick on San Francisco. It's what we didn't know when we were younger. Thank God, because I was such a, a, an idiot. And I wasn't a stealer, and I didn't – I wasn't a shoplifter, and I wasn't my, – my, my mother had a big thing about destroying other people's property, so I wasn't a tagger, and I didn't do that kind of stuff. But if I had known that they, they're really not allowed to touch you, 
who knows if I, we all learned this during the pandemic, I think. My friend Elmer worked at Norm's, Nordstrom's for 17 years. And it's a good thing he got fired because you know what? He's a heterosexual guy that hated. Every day he woke up and said, I don't know what men should wear. <laughs> he was born in the wrong orientation and doing the wrong job. I said, it's a good thing you got fired. But do you know why he got fired? He worked at a high-end Nordstrom's, you know, selling $100 shoes. And a guy tried to walk out wearing the shoes that he just put on the guy's feet. And he tackled the guy and took the shoes off his feet. Oh, I love he, this guy. And he got fired. Really? He wow. got fired for protecting the badge of Nordstrom's and grabbing the guy who tried to steal the $100 shoes and taking them off his feet. And by the way, if you ever met him, kind of skinny, smiley, polite, you know, Catholic school Filipino guy, you would never think that he had this undercover cop behavior, this dark side. But yeah, tackled a guy and took the shoes off his feet that tried to steal $100 from the store he had worked with for 17 years. And the store, Nordstrom's, that he worked for for 17 years, fired him for doing that. And there's, and, a, lot of, there's a lot of crime that I watch and I'm fascinated with. White-collar crime is big. Documentaries on that, you know, fraud where people are moving millions of dollars around with buttons oh, right. and commas. Yeah. And then you have violent crime, where people really do serious violent crime. And then you have petty crime, which is something that's recently unique. And I'm picking on San Francisco. You could be right. It happens in other cities where... Well, we saw the great videos, though, from or the yeah. astonishing videos from there. So I know why you're picking on them. Yeah, and the fact that people just feel comfortable with petty crime and taking other people's property... With their picture being taken. Yeah, yeah, and they have no problem with that. Yeah, that, that's fascinating to me. And I didn't know, you know, I was in the Rite Aid the other night getting my Baileys. That became my drink of the pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere. So we actually had the time to watch six seasons of Breaking Bad. So I, w I would watch my Breaking Bad every night with Baileys and coffee. That way you don't fall asleep. You do the double espresso and the double shot of Baileys. And so I've been drinking it ever since. And, uh, and Rite Aid has a fake Bailey's that tastes the same. You get twice as much. You get a good deal. So it's, it's great. So um, and I was there and I watched the, you know, the manager walk out and talk somebody into handing over what the guy just stole. And the guy handed it over and then came back in. But I think what security guards all over the country are realizing is I'm not getting paid enough to run out and potentially end up in a violent confrontation with somebody over a six-pack and now i think the guards are being told and i told the guard at my bank these young guards yeah like you said these young guys that they look like teenagers but they're in their 20s and they're at the bank i don't even know if they armed or not but i always tell them it just let people take it just let people rob the bank don't put your life on the line for chase <laughs> and because i because of what i've learned during the pandemic of people doing these things and then uh, security guards who don't get paid enough, who aren't allowed to touch people, who don't always know the rules, then getting shot or killed because they're protecting, you know. Yeah, I, I disagree with you on that. I think that a security guard should put their life on the line for a green line Gatorade in a pack of dogs. That's how they got the job. That's how they got the job. They're supposed to secure the CVS. They got to put their body in front of the door. <laughs> And, and for a green Gatorade lime and a pack of plum, if you got hired to be a security guard and pass the background check, you have to secure the store and protect others. So I disagree with you. I think they well, need to be able to tackle, well, punch, and do whatever they yeah. do to secure the building. You and I and Elmer are the three people that would do that. <laughs>
I would absolutely get into it like just like you. I did that at the sidewalk cafe in Venice Beach, running down the boardwalk to catch the dine and dash customer. And I, one time it was a, uh, it was about I would say this kid was ten or eleven years old, and he stole my tip off the table, and I leaped over the wall because it was an outdoor like brick wall that we had along the beach and ran down the boardwalk and caught this 11 year old kid and grabbed my money back. And I said, I don't care. I, said, I don't care if you're a, if you're a tiny child, I'll break your arm. <laughs> and, I t- and I took my tip back and meaning that of course, but and ran, but it's uh yeah, you should not be doing those things, but you're right. You and I would be that intense, just like, you know, just like we are with microphones, hardcore security guard working it right. I, Philadelphia 76er Ben Simmons wants to keep his $140 million that is owed to him. He agreed to a five-year $170 million contract extension with the Sixers in 2019. And the current contract, he doesn't want to play through it now because he wants a trade. So instead of starting off the NBA season with LeBron loses to the Warriors, my Knicks win in double overtime, We have another example of an athlete behaving poorly. He agreed to a contract. He he became a three-time All-Star, two-time first team, all defensive, and he was the defensive player of the year. This kid, a rookie of the year, he's got some stats. Then all of a sudden, he forgot how to shoot jumpers. He's literally afraid, can't shoot free throws, and he never tried to shoot threes. So after last year, when... The Sixers got eliminated from the playoffs. Doc Rivers went to the podium and did something we all want. We want people to be honest and tell us. And someone asked him, Doc, do you believe you can win a championship with Simmons? And he said he paused and hesitated and said, I don't know. Once that happened, Simmons, his agent, were done. They basically said that their side is Doc threw him under the bus. So I had on Howard Eskin, the legendary Philadelphia media maven, one of the greatest sports talk hosts, TV people in the history is the sideline reporter for the Eagles. And he told me this week on the radio that Ben Simmons is the most hated Philadelphia athlete of all time. Wow. I almost fell out of my chair. I said all time. He said, absolutely. As bad as the Philly fans are, they'll boo Santa Claus. Michael Irvin laying motionless with a cowboy uniform cheering. They love their athletes. And even the ones they don't like, they don't treat like Ben Simmons. So I wanted to run this by you because I feel for the kid. I think the kid feels abandoned. He's not handling it well. He dated a Kardashian. How does that work out? Well, yeah. He showed some type of mental flaw there. Kiss of death. And now in order to get his money, he has to show up to work and practice. He's getting thrown out of practices for not participating in drills. And as you know, Daryl Morey, who I think is the most overrated executive in NBA history. They act like this guy, you know, built championships after championships. He's not. He's lost his leverage now because all the teams that want to trade for Ben Simmons, they realize they don't have to give up as much as they would have had to a year ago. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's another fascinating byline that we have with the NBA. The one thing that the NBA has provided in addition to a great product over the years is it hasn't it provided us, especially people who, uh, who who talk for a living and have to fill time on talk shows. Hasn't the NBA, on a side note here, provided us with the best fodder 
for the past 20 years. And here's more. And, you know, people always say, these guys get paid all this money. Why can't they behave? Although they, for some reason, didn't say that with John Gruden, but they should have, considering how well he was doing in life. Where does all this anger and angst come from? But you've defined the anger and angst. Sometimes money doesn't fix that with Ben Simmons. And that is when you're, you know, coaches mean a lot to young guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of times, you know, that's that's what got you where you were. Great coaches who motivated you and you want to be able to love your coach. And when your coach says that and it's surprising with Doc because Doc's a good coach, uh, if not a great coach. And it's surprising that he did that. What do Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons have in common? The guy's ruining the NBA right now. What do they have in common? They're Australian. Oh, I wouldn't have got that with Kyrie. Yeah, what's in the water in Australia? That is, <laughs> what the hell is in the water in Australia that the two guys right now who are stinking up the joint in the NBA with, uh, with publicity that they don't want, uh, with these Australian players? Yeah, nobody's mentioning that, and it, and it's surprising that uh, that nobody is. But you wonder if that's anything in the wiring too with these two guys that has them being quite obstreperous with the teams that are paying them so much. But that's tough because what's going on with Ben Simmons in terms of what happened with Doc Rivers is the professional game, once you're at that elite level, the psychology is everything, psychological strength, psychological belief in yourself. Ask Cody Bellinger once you wipe the slate clean and all of a sudden you're in the postseason. You know, he is going to have all the esteem he needs for next season. He had a terrible year with injuries. He forgot how to hit. The postseason comes along, and then he remembered again. So he's going to be fine for a long time because he's psychologically back. Ben Simmons is psychologically down, which not only hurts him in terms of getting back to work and being productive for the Sixers, if that were to ever happen, but uh, in terms of he's going to need a coach that's a good psychologist, and they all should be, but he better have a great coach wherever he goes next. Well, what's fascinating about what he signed for which was incredible because he came into the league and Philadelphia thought he was a certain player. So the five year 177 million is enormous. That works out to 35 million, 448,000 per season. So when you look at that number, you say, man, he's 24 years old. He just turned 25. He's got a really good resume with these defensive accolades. And he's been an all-star three times. And he was the rookie of the year. But so many people want to throw in the towel on him. So many people in Philly hate him and want him out of town. And other people that I talk to on the talk show basically say they want nothing to do with them. And I'm looking at it different. I think that you can rehab a 25-year-old basketball player. Oh, my God, yeah. You can hire coaches to get in the gym and work on free throws. You can get him to play on the perimeter differently because you can't teach a kid who's 6'11". He's already led the NBA in steals. He's already a two-time defensive player of the year. He's already a three-time all-star. So he's already been molded early into being a great player. He's playing poorly now. He has a bad attitude. That's going to benefit the new team that gets him and then rewires him and gets him back to being the player he was, if not better. And I think the two people, or maybe the one person, that can can really get him back to where he needs to be is LeBron James. And here's what I'm setting up, JT. You used to laugh at me, but now look at the team I've got with my Los Angeles Lakers with Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, and, and Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard. You used to laugh and move on to the next subject, thinking I was being silly. 
when I used to give you that roster. Okay, right now let's match the, the salaries. Let's trade away Malik Monk and Rajon Rondo and Austin Reeves and Kent Bazemore. Straight up, Kendrick Nunn for uh, for Ben Simmons and bring him to the Lakers. The Lakers need to be younger. Do you think it'll work? The Lakers have to get younger, and the Lakers have some pieces to move, but the Lakers aren't going to do anything until this band, this old-time touring band, has one shot at winning a title. Yeah, this is they, the Rolling Stones we've got here in Los Angeles right now, but the Rolling Stones are bringing in some good bank. It's, it's filling up stadiums all around the country. Well, the problem is the Rolling Stones were born and built in the 60s, and they're still playing now. The Rolling Stones weren't built in 2019 or 20. They didn't ask for a bunch of 70- and 80-year-old guys to come together and start a band this late in life, right. and that's what the Lakers look like. So, you know, I watched the Lakers the other night against the Warriors. I said to myself, this was what fascinated me. I love this. And hopefully you can find the piece of sound and throw it in here. Russell Westbrook had an awful game. Oh, my God. He was terrible. But I didn't notice because he was just playing his ass off. I look up at the TV and he's just running. That's why you always loved him. Yeah. He just sprints and, and plays so hard. So after the game, they lose and they go to LeBron and LeBron says he had opening night jitters. He had family who was there. And if I was Russell Westbrook, I would have said. What the fuck are you talking about? Don't even mention that I had a bad game. No one's going to know until you tell everybody how bad I was. It's his first ever game. He dreamed of being a Laker. And Anthony Davis, LeBron, Frank Vogel, all they did was talk about how bad Russ was. And it was one game. And if I was Russell, I would have stormed into the locker room and said, hey, I'm the best guy here other than LeBron. See you, Anthony Davis. You're always hurt. You always ever. I'm the best guy in this in this building. Don't worry about me. I'll be ready for the next game. You worry about yourself, and I'll be fine. Oh, I just thought LeBron crossed the line with that. And I bet you anything that's what he was screaming at his television and at his wife, by the way, which I think is his high school girlfriend at home. He's really square. People would be surprised to find that out. That, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I bet you. I love that you say that. And as um, as our black friends would say, get my name out of your mouth. That's what, that's what he probably should have said to all of them. Get my name out out of your mouth and i was really surprised about that too because uh you and i have always talked about that and raved about the gear which he has one gear overdrive when he plays basketball and you can't and i'm sure that that's what the, the teammates love but they shouldn't have been pointing it out you're right because we're irish we love ignoring the elephant in the room we need to get uh we need to, to some irish to rub off on my lakers Finally, I wanted to hit on another big topic that I think is really important now. The sports COVID mandate for the vaccine. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Here's what I gonna, believe. Going to dip sport. your toe in those waters. Yeah, okay. This is just for sports. It's not for cops. Okay. It's not for teachers because there's a lot more of them. Right? There's a lot more cops. All right. There's like 35,000 New York City cops. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's like enormous numbers. And it's very. it's a much bigger, broader topic. But I believe that all athletes should have a sports COVID mandate and be told because they're already at 97%. They're already at 96%. All of the commissioners, all of the coaches, every one of them, everyone, 97% of the players in all the sports have their COVID vaccine. So there's only a few people left. And I think what they need to be told is if you don't get your shot, you're out of the league. And I know they have a union and Kyrie Irving has a union. He's hiding behind the fact that New York city and San Francisco are the only places that he can't play, but he 
plays his home games in New York. So those are half the games. I just think until we crush the virus and get rid of it, and I know people disagree with me, the mandate in sports is important to get to the finish line. So then kids and people in society could say, look at the athletes. They're all vaccinated. Maybe it'll help me get vaccinated. Why won't the media say Kyrie Irving, who believes the earth is flat, won't get a vaccine? Why why, if the media is supposed to be so liberal and have an agenda? How come they never mention Kyrie Irving, who believes the world is flat, doesn't want to get a vaccine because I think you know, it would push people who have <laughs> it would push people who haven't gotten the vaccine so far to go get a vaccine because they won't want people to think that, <laughs> that they think that the earth is flat. So and, and you know what they never do with Jared Goff on a side note? They never mention that Jared Goff didn't know that the sun rose in the east and sat in the west, even though he went to Cal. So they never mentioned that when he got traded. That's why he got traded to the Detroit Lions, JT, because he didn't know where the sun rose and where it sat. And you can't have a quarterback and a Hollywood football team who doesn't know where the sun rises and sets. But I digress. I I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but there are some conspiracy theorists that believe all of us who took the vaccine are going to die within 10 years. There's going to be something released in the vaccine. And the ones who didn't take it are going to be here, like Kyrie. And then Kyrie's going to be the smartest guy. (laughs) There are some people that believe that he is a similar to a social justice warrior. Yes, soothsayer. Kyrie Irving or Beasley of the Bills or Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards team, that this small, tiny group of players who don't want to be vaccinated and some are starting to notice Cam Newton got vaccinated. You know why? Yeah. He, you know why he got vaccinated? Because his phone didn't ring. His phone wow. didn't ring to be a backup quarterback. He's got seven kids, seven. And I think someone got to him and said, hey, um, you got a couple million in the bank still. You're going to go through that really quick if you don't start playing sports again. He got vaccinated. So there are athletes. Andrew Wiggins put up a little bit of a fight with the Warriors and then poof, suddenly he gets vaccinated. They get vaccinated because of the money, the peer pressure of losing the money and seeing that much money going down the toilet because they don't get it back if they change their mind in three weeks. The owner can't say to him, hey, man, that, you know, the money we find you for not being vaccinated. Here it is all back in sealed envelopes and you have it again. They know they're losing this money. Once you're out of high school, once you are out of high school, and the Internet has turned the world into high school again. But we've got to try to fix that. Once you're out of high school, you got to stop making fun of the people who did their homework. Shouldn't be doing it in high school anyway, but we can we can blame it on your maturity or your immaturity. But now that, you know, the people who did the people who do their homework, go to things like med school and do research. You and I don't. We, we, research is very complicated. There's all the different kinds of research. There's analytic research. There's subjective research and objective. It's all kinds. And so no one's doing research. All this world, this world country full of people who don't do their homework saying they're going to do research or thought science was boring. Stop mocking the people who like to do homework, who spent their time in the library in high school, spent their time in the library in college. And then once some of us were done with college, they did seven more years and they've been working on this and they didn't try to they didn't just jump and start working on the coronavirus vaccines and, and a contagious virus vaccines. When this started, they've been doing it all their lives. So they were ready for a moment like this and they've done their homework all their lives and they've been good citizens and good kids. And they didn't cause their parents any trouble because they were always in the library and not smoking pot out in back of the school and getting suspended. 
Let's leave them alone, trust their homework, and get our vaccines. I let the scientists, I let the doctors, I let the firemen, I let the police officers, I let them tell me what's right and wrong. Not the politicians. Right. Make that point clear. Yes. I don't believe in a majority of politicians, but I believe in the people who have degrees, who are smart, put their whole life into trying to save other people's lives and are here to protect and serve. I listen to them. I don't argue with them much. And I argue a lot. If you know me and you're listening, yeah. you know, I push back on a lot yeah. of things. Oh, for, for us, arg- arguing, arguing and bickering is a sign of affection with us. <laughs> that's, uh, that's part of our DNA. And I agree with you on that. And I think one of the biggest mistakes ever made by Hollywood was the movie, um, the, the Al Gore movie about climate. Uh, an inconvenient truth. It should have been hosted by Morgan Freeman. So then nobody can say, oh, I didn't vote for Morgan Freeman. I don't believe a word he says. It shouldn't have been hosted by a politician. And it left out half the people. Al Gore, he wasn't even likable by people who voted for him. It shouldn't have been a politician to host something so important. And that ruined that because that turned uh, a scientific documentary into a political statement by just having a politician host it. Instead of Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman should have posted that. Or maybe, like you said, a doctor or a fireman. The next podcast, can we explore that fake little White House next to the real White House where Biden goes and walks <laughs> across the grass? And then he goes to the fake White House with the new teleprompter and the fake backdrop. I just want to really I said I don't believe in conspiracy theories. I want to do a full podcast on that mini Truman show fake little White House right next to the Oval Office that he walks across the grass and gets in there and it's just a fake little world with all these lights and buttons and a fake backdrop. I'd I love to it, do a podcast on They that. have that there so he doesn't trip over something. <laughs> That's why they have that. Wow. My favorite number is three. I have a lot of favorite numbers. Among my favorite numbers is three. I also love the number one. I was born in July, so you have to respect seven. I was born on the 18th of July. You have to respect 18. One has been a good number to me. 11, all the combinations of one have been good to me. So has 11, 3, and 33 have been very good to me. And this podcast was 33 minutes and 33 seconds. Thank you so much for listening to every second. And we are powered by the Believe Podcast Network and our friends at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Although now I believe it's it's uh, it's uh, let me see. Yeah, it's Bet Online where the game starts. That's what I'm supposed to say. Bet Online where the game starts. Oh, whenever I get gas, I get thirty-three dollars and thirty-three cents worth of gas. For some reason, the woman behind the counter is always a woman these days. Very confused that I'm not a zombie. This is $5, $10, $6, $20, $7, $30, $10. So when I say $33.33, they, they can't handle it. It's ponderous. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.